Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad Baruch Shem Kehud Malkuto Le'olam Va'ed Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom forever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Thursday, April 13th. It is prophesied in the book of Amos that in the last days there would be a famine in the land. Not a famine for food, but a famine for the word of God, as it is written in Amos 8, 11 and 12. Behold, the days come, says the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread, nor a thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. And they shall wander from sea to sea, and from the north even to the east. They shall run to and fro to seek the word of the Lord, and shall not find it. Even in the days of Joseph there were seven years of plenty, followed by seven years of famine. He had stored up grain for the seven years of famine. The Daily Audio Torah is your storehouse where you can get grain. It is twenty minutes every day of pure scripture flowing out, living manna to feed your spirit. Are you being blessed by this ministry? please consider supporting Daily Audio Torah. You can make a one-time or a recurring donation by going to dailyaudiotorah.com and then click on the Give pick on the navigation menu. You can then make a secure online donation there. Thank you for your prayers, and thank you for your support. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the Israel Bible for the Hebrew Scriptures and from the King James for the Brit Hadashah. Today we continue the Torah portion, Shimene, and it means eighth. Leviticus 11, 1-15 Hashem spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying to them, Speak to Benai Israel thus, These are the creatures that you may eat from among the land animals. Any animal that has true hoofs, with clefts through the hoofs, and that chews the cud, such you may eat. The following, however, of those that either chew the cud or have true hoofs, you shall not eat. The camel, although it chews the cud, it does not have true hoofs. It is unclean for you. The daemon, although it chews the cud, it has no true hoofs. It is unclean for you. The hare. Although it chews the cud, it has no true hoofs. It is unclean for you. And the swine, although it has true hoofs, with the hoofs cleft through, it does not chew the cud. It is unclean for you. You shall not eat of their flesh or touch their carcasses. They are unclean for you. These you may eat of all that live in water, anything in water, whether in the seas or in the streams, that has fins and scales. These you may eat. 
but anything in the seas or in the streams that has no fins and scales, among all the swarming things of the water and among all the other living creatures that are in the water, they are an abomination for you, and an abomination for you they shall remain. You shall not eat of their flesh, and you shall not abominate their carcasses. Everything in water that has no fins and scales shall be an abomination for you. The following you shall abominate among the birds. They shall not be eaten. They are an abomination. The eagle, the vulture, and the black vulture, the kite, falcons of every variety, all varieties of raven. Joshua 7, 16-9-2 Early next morning, Joshua had Israel come forward by tribes, and the tribe of Judah was indicated. He then had the clans of Judah come forward, and the clan of Zerach was indicated. Then he had the clan of Zerach come forward by ancestral houses, and Zabdi was indicated. Finally, he had his ancestral house come forward man by man, and Achan, son of Carmi, son of Zabdi, son of Zerach, of the tribe of Yehuda, was indicated. Then Joshua said to Achan, My son, pay honor to Hashem, the God of Israel, and make confession to him. Tell me what you have done. Do not hold anything back from me. Achan answered Joshua, It is true, I have sinned against Hashem, the God of Israel. This is what I did. I saw spoil among a fine shinar mantle, two hundred shekels of silver, and a wedge of gold weighing fifty shekels, and I coveted them and took them. They are buried in the ground in my tent, with the silver under it. Joshua sent messengers who hurried to the tent, and there it was, buried in his tent with the silver underneath. They took them from the tent and brought them to Joshua and all the Israelites and displayed them before Hashem. Then Joshua and all Israel with him took Achan the son of Zerach, and the silver, the mantle, and the wedge of gold, his sons and daughters, his ox, his donkey, and his flock, and his tent, and all his belongings, and brought them up to the valley of Achor. And Joshua said, What calamity you have brought upon us! Hashem will bring calamity upon you this day. And all Israel pelted him with stones. They put them to the fire and stoned them. They raised a huge mound of stones over him, which is still there. Then the anger of Hashem subsided. That is why that place was named the Valley of Achor, as is still the case. Hashem said to Joshua, Do not be frightened or dismayed. Take all the fighting troops with you. Go and march against Ai. See, I will deliver the king of Ai, his people, his city, and his land into your hands. You shall treat Ai and her king as you treated Jericho and her king. However, you may take the spoil and the cattle as booty for yourselves. Now, set an ambush against the city behind it. So Joshua and all the fighting troops prepared for the march on Ai. Joshua chose 30,000 men, valiant warriors, and sent them ahead by night. 
He instructed them as follows, Mind, you are to lie in ambush behind the city. Don't stay too far from the city, and all of you be on the alert. I and all the troops with me will approach the city, and when they come out against us, as they did the first time, we will flee from them. They will come rushing after us until we have drawn them away from the city. They will think they are fleeing from us the same as last time, but while we are fleeing before them, you will dash out from your ambush and seize the city, and Hashem your God will deliver it into your hands. And when you take the city, set it on fire. Do as Hashem has commanded. Mind, I have given you your orders. Joshua then sent them off, and they proceeded to the ambush. They took up a position between Ai and Bethel, west of Ai, while Joshua spent the night with the rest of the troops. Early in the morning, Joshua mustered the troops. Then he and the elders of Israel marched upon Ai at the heads of the troops. All the fighting force that was with him advanced near the city and encamped to the north of Ai, with a hollow between them and Ai. He selected about 5,000 men and stationed them as an ambush between Bethel and Ai, west of the city. Thus, the main body of the army was disposed on the north of the city, but the far end of it was on the west. This was after Joshua had spent the night in the valley. When the king of Ai saw them, he and all his people, the inhabitants of the city, rushed out in the early morning to the meeting place, facing the Arabah, to engage the Israelites in battle, for he was unaware that a force was lying in ambush behind the city. Joshua and all Israel fled in the direction of the wilderness, as though routed by them. All the troops in the city gathered to pursue them, pursuing Joshua, they were drawn out of the city. Not a man was left in Ai or in Bethel who did not go out after Israel. They left the city open while they pursued Israel. Hashem then said to Joshua, Hold out the javelin in your hand toward Ai, for I will deliver it into your hands. So Joshua held out the javelin in his hand toward the city. As soon as he held out his hand, the ambush came rushing out of their station. They entered the city and captured it, and they swiftly set fire to the city. The men of Ai looked back and saw the smoke of the city rising to the sky. They had no room for flight in any direction. The people who had been fleeing to the wilderness now became the pursuers. For when Joshua and all Israel saw that the ambush had captured the city, and that smoke was rising from the city, they turned around and attacked the men of Ai. Now the other Israelites were coming out of the city against them, so that they were between two bodies of Israelites, one on each side of them. They were slaughtered, so that no one escaped or got away. The king of Ai was taken alive and brought to Joshua. When Israel had killed all the inhabitants of Ai who had pursued them into the open wilderness, and all of them to the last man had fallen by the sword, all the Israelites turned back to Ai and put it to the sword. 
The total of those who fell that day, men and women, the entire population of Ai came to twelve thousand. So Joshua did not draw back the hand with which he held out his javelin until all the inhabitants of Ai had been exterminated. However, the Israelites took the cattle and the spoil of the city as their booty, in accordance with the instructions that Hashem had given to Joshua. Then Joshua burned down Ai and turned it into a mound of ruins for all time, a desolation to this day. And the king of Ai was impaled on a stake until the evening. At sunset Joshua had the corpse taken down from the stake, and it was left lying at the entrance to the city gate. They raised a great heap of stones over it, which is there to this day. At that time Joshua built an altar to Hashem, the God of Israel, on har Ival, as Moses, the servant of Hashem, had commanded the Israelites, as is written in the book of the teaching of Moses, an altar of unhewn stone upon which no iron had been wielded. They offered on it burnt offerings to Hashem and brought sacrifices of well-being. And there, on the stones, he inscribed a copy of the teaching that Moses had written for the Israelites. All Israel, stranger and citizen alike, with their elders, officials, and magistrates, stood on either side of the ark facing the Levitical Kohenim who carried the ark. Half of them faced Mount Gerizim, and half of them faced Mount Ebal, as Moses the servant of Hashem had commanded them, of old, in order to bless the people of Israel. After that he read all the words of the teaching, the blessing, and the curse, just as is written in the book of the teaching. There was not a word of all that Moses had commanded that Joshua failed to read in the presence of the entire assembly of Israel, including women and children, and the strangers who accompanied them. When all the kings west of the Jordan, in the hill country, in the Shephelah, and along the entire coast of the Mediterranean Sea, up to the vicinity of Lebanon, the land of the Hittites, Amorites, Canaanites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites, learned of this, they gathered with one accord to fight against Joshua and Israel. Luke 16, 1-18 And he, Yeshua, said also to his disciples, There was a certain rich man which had a steward, and the same was accused unto him that he had wasted his goods. And he called him and said to him, How is it that I hear this of you? Give an account of your stewardship, for you may be no longer steward. And the steward said within himself, What shall I do? For my Lord takes away from me the stewardship. I cannot dig to beg I am ashamed. I am resolved what to do, that when I am put out of the stewardship they may receive me into their houses. So he called every one of his lord's debtors to him, and said to the first, How much do you owe to my lord? And he said, A hundred measures of oil. And he said to him, Take your bill and sit down quickly and write fifty. And then said he to another, And how much do you owe? And he said, A hundred measures of wheat. And he said to him, Take your bill and write fourscore. And the Lord commended the unjust steward, because he had done wisely. 
For the children of this world are in their generation wiser than the children of light. And I say to you, Make to yourself friends of the mammon of unrighteousness, that when you fail, they may receive you into everlasting habitations. He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much, and he that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much. If therefore you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches? And if you have not been faithful in that which is another man's, who shall give you that which is your own? No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. And the Pharisees also, who were covetous, heard all these things, and they derided him. And he said to them, You are they which justify yourselves before men, but God knows your hearts. For that which is highly esteemed among men is abomination in the sight of God. The law and the prophets were until John, and since that time the kingdom of God is preached, and every man presses into it. And it is easier for heaven and earth to pass than for one tittle of the law to fail. Whosoever puts away his wife and marries another commits adultery, and whosoever marries her that is put away from her husband commits adultery. Psalm 82, 1-8 God stands in the congregation of the mighty. He judges among the gods. How long will you judge unjustly and accept the presence of of the wicked, Selah. Defend the poor and fatherless. Do justice to the afflicted and needy. Deliver the poor and needy. Rid them out of the hand of the wicked. They know not, neither will they understand. They walk on in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are out of course. I have said you are gods, and all of you are children of the Most High. But you shall die like men and fall like one of the princes. Arise, O God, judge the earth, for you shall inherit all nations. Proverbs 13, 2 and 3 A man shall eat good by the fruit of his mouth, but the soul of the transgressors shall eat violence. He that keeps his mouth keeps his life, but he that opens wide his lips shall have destruction. I'd like to speak to you today from our reading from Joshua, and then we're going to jump into Luke chapter 16. And in Joshua chapter 7, I want to zoom in on verse 11. The context of this is a Achan has stolen some of the booty from when they did an attack and he's hidden the booty, the silver, and the plunder in the, his tent, buried it in the ground in his tent. And now he's been revealed. Uh, first they called people out by the tribe, and then by the clan, and then by the family. And now Achan has been revealed. Okay, so now let's look at verse 11. 
Israel has sinned. They have broken the covenant by which I bound them. They have taken of the proscribed and put it in their vessels. They have stolen. They have broken faith. The Israel Bible commentary to this verse reads as follows. On the surface, it seems odd that Hashem would say that the people of Israel had sinned. Wasn't it only Achan, the one who stole items from Jericho, who sinned? The Malbim points out that this verse teaches the critical principle of collective responsibility. The children of Israel are not simply a collection of individuals. Rather, they are a spiritually united nation where the actions of one impact the fate of all. Therefore, when they entered Eretz Israel, they became responsible for one another. The collective responsibility extends beyond simply avoiding negative things. All are also responsible for the positive welfare of their brothers and sisters, wherever they may be. Successfully meeting this collective responsibility is part of what makes the state of Israel great. Continuing on into the next chapter, chapter 8 of Joshua, I want to zoom in on Verse 34, so now the children of Israel are positioned between Mount Carmel, between Mount Ebal and Mount Gerizim, the Mount of Blessing, Mount Gerizim, and the Mount of Cursing, Mount Ebal. And so I'm going to back up to verse 33. All Israel, stranger and citizen alike, with their elders, officials, and magistrates, stood on either side of the ark, facing the Levitical Kohanim who carried the ark. Half of them faced Mount Gerizim, and half of them faced Mount Ebal, as Moses the servant of Hashem had commanded them of old in order to bless the people. So I'm going to hit the pause button and... Down in the valley is the ancient city of Shechem. This is where Joseph's bones are buried in a tomb. So Shechem is in the valley, and on one side is Mount Gerizim, the Mount of Blessing, and on the other side is Mount Ebal, the Mount of Cursing, and the people are down in this valley. And today, Mount uh, ancient Shechem is now called Nablus, and it is a Palestinian outpost. And there's a sign on the road, big red sign, that says, If you are Jewish, do not go down this road and enter this town on pain of death. Jews are not allowed to go in there to this new this town called Nablus. Continuing on, verse 34. After that, he read all the words of the teaching, the blessing and the curse, just as is written in the book of teaching. The Israel Bible commentary to this verse reads as follows. The goal of settling the land of Israel is not simply for the children of Israel to be a nation like all other nations. For that, any land would have been sufficient. The holy land would not be necessary. Rather, the purpose of being an Eretz Israel is to be a holy nation living freely in its land. Therefore, it stands to reason 
that Joshua would teach the entire Torah again to every man, woman, and child at this early point of the nation's entrance into Eretz Israel. Rabbi Meir bar Ilan, an early religious Zionist, taught that the goal must be the land of Israel for the people of Israel according to the Torah of Israel. Similarly, commenting on the special relationship between the land and the Bible, former President and Prime Minister Shimon Peres said of his mentor, David Ben-Gurion, he restored the Bible to its people, and he restored the people to the Bible. So now I want to go into Luke chapter 16. Yeshua is speaking to his disciples, and he says some statements that are very insightful, wise, really hit hit the target, right, a bullseye. And so one of the things he says, Luke chapter 16, verse 10, He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. And he that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much. And it goes on to say in verse 13, No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. So, In the book of Joshua, we already read those verses. Choose you this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. And we're living in very tumultuous times. Great trials and tribulations are going on throughout the nations. And in the United States, there is extremely high inflation. And we're seeing the price of food and the price of gasoline just off the charts. And it's really being a great hardship to many families. I've, I've met people that are working two or even three jobs just to be able to pay the rent and be able to put food on the table. And so it's quite a trial. And the only way to get through it is to trust in the Lord. But we find ourselves in this position of, you know, what what is our number one priority? Is it about a bank account, a big 401k, protecting your investments? Is that your number one priority? Or is Yeshua, the Messiah, is he your first and number one priority? We see a great shaking going on in the world with uh, banks that are just really becoming quite unstable. We've seen the failure of two banks now um, fall, and many, many, many people are withdrawing quite a bit of their monies out of the banks, out of the small banks and the large banks. They don't trust. Their, Their trust in the banking system has been greatly eroded because the banks are pretty shaky right now. So this is a time that we need to put our trust in the Lord and listen to him and to his Holy Spirit as he would guide us as to how to navigate this situation. I'm reminded of the words that Yeshua spoke also in the book of Hebrews, 
and I believe it's Hebrews chapter 12, and he says all things that can be shaken will be shaken, and the only thing that's going to remain are the things of God, that there's going to be a great shaking, and that the Lord, I believe what he's up to is he is in the process of taking down large idols. The Babylon system of banking that has been infiltrated by wealthy families for centuries where they get rich, lending out money, charging interest, printing up Federal Reserve notes and calling that money. They're printing it out of thin air. And so all of that's being shaken. And the only way we can navigate that is to trust in the Lord and make him be our number one, our true master. In verse 14 and 15, the Pharisees also who were covetous heard all these things and they derided him. Verse 15, and he, that is Yeshua, said to them, you are they which justify yourselves before men, but God knows your hearts. For that which is highly esteemed among men is abomination in the sight of God. So these Pharisees, they wore their robes and they had their religious garb that they wore and they were highly esteemed amongst the people. They were the leaders, the religious leaders. And Yeshua's calling them out. He's saying, oh, you're so highly esteemed in the eyes of man, but among you're an abomination in the sight of God. And so those people today who are considered lowly, that you might not pay much attention to, the custodian, the house cleaner, housekeeper, the cook, the people behind the veil who do the work from behind the scenes, the ones that you don't notice much. In God's eyes, they're highly esteemed because they're servants. And the ones who are up front and on the stage and who have the big name and the big reputation and who have quite a big following could very well be an abomination in the sight of God. I mean, he knows each person's heart. He, man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And so may we come before him with clean hands and a pure heart. And may we be willing to be quick to repent whenever pride creeps in or selfishness or greed or covetousness or jealousy or unforgiveness, when any of those things start to creep in, those thoughts come to mind, may we be a people who are quick to repent. And may we be a people who are like Yeshua. And he was a lamb who willingly went to the slaughter. May we be as little lambs following him, Innocent, pure, gentle, loving, and just behaving like a lamb. Please do that work in each one of us, Father. We ask it in Yeshua's name. Amen.
Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24 to 26. Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.